0: Welcome to the Love Is Coming podcast, the must-listen show for single women struggling to attain or sustain a romantic relationship. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, author, speaker, and according to The Times Magazine, one of the UK's most successful love coaches. Before that, I was a serial cheat and obsessive love addict, but I'm now a bride-to-be and in the best relationship of my life. So... If you're trying to do the work on your love life, you are definitely in the right place. But here on the Love Is Coming podcast, we serve your education with a side of entertainment. Expect serious stuff talked about not so seriously, solo agony on episodes with yours truly, and guest episodes showcasing some of the best in the biz in ways you've never seen them before. So, got a dating dilemma? Swiping right, but haven't yet found Mr. Right then let's get raw, real, and a little bit inappropriate, because love is coming for your baby in more ways than one. Hello, welcome back, my darlings. I hope that you had as magical a Christmas as humanly possible. Now, I don't know about you, but I always find this week between Christmas and New Year long. A bit of a slog, too much turkey, Turkey sandwiches. Don't know if you've ever tried that um, thing from Friends, Ross's little turkey sandwich tip, the moist maker, where you you basically get a piece of bread, dip it in gravy, and put it in the middle of the sandwich. If you haven't tried it, go and try it right now. It's fantastic. But I digress. Um, yeah, I find this time this this period quite a slog. It just seems to drag a bit. There's only so much chocolate and TV one can consume um, in consecutive days. I find that anyway. So I would like to use this opportunity to support you in something that I have done every year for at least the last decade. Actually, it's probably, it's definitely longer by now. And it is all about doing a deep, Insightful review of the year that has just gone, and the reason that this is so important to reflect like this. You know, I think sometimes we can get so um, obsessed with the future and the new year and and goals, and and I'm all for that, and we'll be doing something around that too. But there's no point doing that until you've first taken stock of where you've been and what's worked and what hasn't worked, um, because that really does inform the next moves that you feel called to make. Um, so what I want to make you want to make sure is that you have got a pen and a paper, a piece of paper or a notebook or journal, whatever works for you. We're going to do a review during this episode. Okay. Um, it's going to obviously being a love coach and given that this show is called love is coming. Um, and is all about romantic relationships. It's going to have a romantic twist, um, but you can use the questions and prompts that I give you um, in other areas of your life as well. So feel free absolutely to use them for whatever you want in terms of your annual review. So if you are someone who is feeling lethargic and low from too much booze and mince pies, or you've had a really challenging year and you want to end it strong, or you know a romantic audit not the sexiest title, is it? Um, But you know that a romantic audit is well overdue, then this episode is going to be just what the bloody doctor ordered. Okay, so in it, I'm going to be sharing what you need to know if this year has been a romantic disaster, four crucial questions to ask yourself before the end of the year, plus how to set yourself up for romantic success in the new year. So it's really important, as I said, that you engage with this. You don't just listen. This is a very active, practical episode. So once again, if you haven't already, grab a cup of tea, grab a pen and some paper and let's get started. So firstly, what you need to know if this year has been a romantic disaster. Okay. I'm going to preface this with a a, a very short story. Um, Me, (laughs) Christmas, end of Christmas uh, Christmas, this time why can't I speak 2010 just after Christmas 2010 um, I as always had had a hectic Christmas 2010 was an absolute shit show of a year for me on the outside it looked like I was doing some cool things this was when I was still an actress and um, yeah I travelled around the world I did some cool stuff but I was just a mess and that year was the real culmination of actually years and years of getting increasingly more chaotic, particularly in my love life. And Christmas, and you may have experienced this for yourself, I'm definitely someone where environment and sort of context really impacts me. Um, And so Christmas, you know, whilst nowadays it's, it's mostly a time of joy and mirth and merriment, back then it was that, but it was that too far to the point where it would lead me to make some very poor choices. Again, usually involving my love life. And So I, yeah, once again, and uh, Christmas 2010 made some really bad choices, like really embarrassing ones. I'm not going to go into them here, but I essentially knew as we were approaching new year and I was about to go away with my dad to Thailand for a few weeks because um, I was such a mess that it was a bit of a, I can now see it was a bit of a rescue. Um, My parents were really quite worried about me. And they just, yeah, Dad just wanted to take me away and get me out of London and partying and the boy madness. And so I was kind of mentally preparing myself as I was leading up to New Year, and and I was looking over that year and the years that had been leading up to some of the really dramatic and quite frankly gnarly things that happened to me in 2010, um, that were, in all honesty, a result of. My complete lack of self-worth, chaotic, um, just lost lostness, if that's a word. it's not a word, should be. I don't know if you've ever felt like that yourself, just completely lost all at sea, feeling like everyone else has got their shit together, and you're just fucking like just getting worse with every week that passes. um and and for me, you know, being someone who's always been an achiever, I was finding it really hard. Like my career was nowhere near where I wanted it to be. And I had this feeling that it wasn't ever going to be. And that was really painful. My romantic relationships, I mean, they were just a disaster. My body, I'd put on two stone in two months from this acting job in, in China over the summer. Um, and all of that was actually in reaction to being sexually assaulted. Very shortly after I came out of drama school, I was working in a strip club, as you do, as a hostess. and um, I was doing that because it just sort of reflected where my head was at at that point, that I thought that that was the best way to make money. There was plenty other options available to me. Um, But that's the one I went for. Anyway, what I learned over the next year, 2011, which was a very transformational year for me, um, it was as transformational in a good way as 2010 had had been in a negative way. And what I learned was you are exactly where you are meant to be in any given moment to learn the lessons that you need to learn. But it is absolutely up to you to listen. Because those opportunities to turn my life around had been available to me for a long time before that Thailand trip, which really changed everything for me. You may or may not know about that. That's uh, what happened there in a long, in a nutshell, is that my dad said something to me that completely changed the direction of my life. He said, look, I'm really worried about you, Persia. And if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's this, that if you focus on the insides, the outsides will take care of themselves. He'd probably said that to me before. I'd never been in a position to hear it, but I really fucking heard it. And the reason I heard it was because the process I'm taking you through in this episode is the first time I'd ever done it at the end of 2010. Um, I can't even remember where I first came across the idea of doing an annual review and like taking stock of where you are and what you're looking, what you're doing, but It was realizing that wherever you are, and however bad things may seem or feel, if you come into awareness and you decide to learn from the situation you find yourself in, that's when everything changes. Um, You know, my parents struggled with drug addiction and things got really bad for them. And now they live an incredible life. And our whole family's life is very, very different because of the work they've chose to do on themselves but some people could have looked at their situation back then and and, you know the natural response might have been there's no hope but actually there's always hope I love listening to stories of people who have against all odds turned their life around Um, and it's often the people who've actually been to the most harrowing depths in what for whatever reason whether that's addiction horrific grief um just just you know, losing everything for one reason or another. Um, you know, there there's, oh, I'm gonna completely forget her name. I quote her in my book. Hold on, let me see. Corey Boom, that's it. Corrie Ten Boom. I quote her in my book, Love is Coming. She lost all her family in the Nazi concentration camps. And she was in the camps as well and survived. And I mean, she she's written books. She she dedicated her life to, to helping people overcome um tragedy, grief, whatever it is, overcome the obstacles in their life so that they could go on to live an incredible life. And, you know, if a woman or a person who has gone to being in the absolute depths of hell, which I think we can all agree um, that being in a concentration camp and losing all your family would be, um, then any of us can, if we choose it. If we choose to get out of the victim mode, which says that, oh, but I'm different and you don't understand and I've got it so much worse, The fact is, and you know, this is a bit of a cliche, but cliches are often true, aren't they? Whatever is going on for any one of us, there is always someone out there who would look at our life and give anything to swap places, give anything to swap places. So it's, you know, this is about getting in touch with our gratitude, but just remembering that if transformation is possible for people who are in A hell of a lot worse positions than you are right now, then it's absolutely possible for you. But it is up to you to be willing to embrace the transformation. Realize that you have got to choose a different narrative. You've got to choose to step into the story, the narrative that you want to be true for yourself. Now, listen, I can still struggle with this. And whenever I do, I remind myself of where I used to be. I just think of the version of me back in 2010. And I look at where I am and what I have now in 2000. And well, I'm I'm recording this now in 2021. Um, You may be listening to this years down the line. and, And I'm sure I will be, you know, again, like leaps ahead of where I am now. Because as the great Tony Robbins says... Human beings are always happiest when making progress. That is, what, that is what makes us feel like we are thriving. That's what gives us purpose. That's what makes life feel exciting and vibrant. And it's what makes us want to get up in the morning. Humans are happiest when making progress. So this is what I want to ask you, my darling. Are you willing to get out of victim mode, because we all slip into it. I know I do literally on a daily basis. I have to pick myself out of it, kick myself out of it. Are you willing to tell a different story? Are you willing to do the work necessary to change so that you can become the person who has everything that you desire? Because the version of yourself right now may not and is likely not a match for those things that you desire. And same for me, same for any of us. Because in order to be the person who has those things, we need to do the inner work required to become a vibrational match for those things. Doing an annual review like the one I'm about to lead you through is like a really great um, annual sort of yardstick grounding practice that you can use to keep just measuring how you're doing, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what are you going to focus on over the next year? What are you going to let go of? All of those sort of things. So I really hope that whenever you're listening, whatever year you are listening to this episode, because you better believe I'm going to put it out every year because the review is not going to change. The practice is not going to change, but your answers and your results will change. So I hope that you uh, are listening to this every year that's my hope for you. Okay. So that's it. Whatever you, what you need to know, if this year has been a romantic disaster or a disaster in any other way, you are in the right place. You are in the right place. If you choose to believe that, if you choose to believe that there is a lesson here for you, there is an absolutely a motherfucking opportunity here for you. When I look back at my life now, I'm like, thank you. Thank God for 2010. Because I had to hit the absolute fuck, fucking rock bottom for me in order to change. Like, I was not going to change just with a little bit of pain and shit. I needed a lot of shit. And I really hope that you don't have to go to the extent that I did of, quite frankly, self-sabotage and smashing your life into smithereens. I really hope that. That's why I do the work I do, to help people like change and sort their shit out before they get there. But... I am grateful for the ship because if it wasn't for that, I would not be where I am today. It was literally the launch pad for the huge shifts that I've made since. Just gonna have a quick little sip of coffee, bear with me. Okay, let's move on to the four crucial questions to ask yourself before the end of the year. Now, I will say that a few of these questions absolutely have been influenced by the brilliant author, coach, um influencer Marie Folio. I highly recommend you go and check out her work, especially if you are an entrepreneur. She may or may not be your flavor, but she definitely has some really great practical grounding um, tips and tools that have really helped me over the years. So what I've done here is I've blended some of what she shares for her annual review with my own twist of things that have worked for me. So, um, Credit where credit is due. So the first thing, and I want you to get your pen and paper at Zuredi, and you can pause this as we go, or you can just listen to the whole episode if you're out on a walk or whatever, and then come back and do the exercises. Okay, so the first thing, what am I proud of myself for in relationship in relationship? (laughs) Should we start again? What am I proud of myself for this year? in relation to to my love life? I can't say it today. What am I proud of myself for this year in relation to my love life? You might want to put other things down as well. What am I proud of myself for in relation to my love life? I'm going to, do you know what? I wasn't going to do this, but so that I can, when I listen to this episode again in the future, I want to see where I am um, at the time of recording 2021. So right now I'm going to look and say, what's been the big things for me in my love life this year? I have... um I've moved into my dream home with Joe in my dream location, my fiance. Um, So we actually moved in on the 29th of December, 2020, but literally two nights before um, New Year's Eve. So we were doing the house up uh, this year. I mean, it is literally, this house is hilarious. It is a granny bungalow, has not been changed since 1969, but it's an absolute steal Um, For the price we got it for, but also for the plot of land it's on. And so we are going to renovate after our wedding. Our wedding was supposed to be in 2020, but we all know COVID made sure that wasn't going to happen and it was also supposed to be in 2021 and that didn't happen again. So now it's definitely going to be happening, well, (laughs) touch wood, next year in 2022. So what I'm proud of myself for is how I've Joe and I have, as a couple, navigated um, cancelling our wedding twice, which is a very odd thing. Um, When you're a happy couple and you, you know, absolutely want to get married. Um, I'm proud of us moving out of London. We still actually do rent in London as well. Um, I've created, well, we've created between us this town and country lifestyle. I was always inspired by my friend Lucy Sheridan. She used to talk about that. Um, Also, Gabrielle Bernstein, um, American self-help guru, town and country lifestyle. And I used to look at her and that felt worlds away for me once upon a time and i'm like shit i've bloody well created it um and like owning our, our first house together has been so so special but it's also been hard because you know joe and i are both big travellers so we've not been travelling um this year obviously uh not really and over the last two years and so we've had to really put roots down and that's brought up a lot of shit and i'm really proud of how we've navigated it and We've also got our very own cockapoo puppy in March of 2021, um, who is, well, oh, no, he's not in here. He was lying at my feet. He's fucked off. But um, <laughs> that was a really big deal for me. I've always been scared of motherhood. And this has been, I tell you what, uh, people say, you know, getting a puppy is the closest thing, I guess, to having a kid. And obviously I'm not saying that they are the same. They're not the same, but they're, there's definite similarities. And that's been a really magical and <laughs> challenging journey. Um, so... Yeah, I'm really proud of myself that we've had some real ups and downs this year, Gemini, and and we've worked through them. And we are, as at the time of recording um, in December 2021, we're in a better place than ever. And it is a reminder that actually going through those challenges is what's made us stronger. Um, As I sort of mentioned in the last section of this podcast episode. Okay, so that was the first question. What am I proud of myself for this year with regards to love? or anything else next question what were my biggest mistakes slash learning opportunities around romance or anything else this year so I'll answer that um I definitely allowed my work addiction to come in between my relationship with Joe, uh, as I have done in the past and I've worked massively on that that's been a massive learning opportunity Um, I've done some really deep work around work addiction. Workaholics Anonymous, anyone who struggles with work addiction or thinks they might, highly recommend looking into that. It's been life-changing for me this year. Um, What other mistakes? Uh, Passive aggression, actually a lot better than in, in former years, but not at times being too harsh in my communication. I don't find it hard to communicate with men and I haven't for a long time. What I've had to really watch in my relationship with Joe is the way I communicate and make sure that you can have boundaries, but you can also be respectful and passionate and not be a dickhead. (laughs) I definitely had my moments, but again, so much, much better Um, than in recent years. I'm trying to think what else... Do you know what? <laughs> Probably uh, allowing the dog to, like to sort of sleep in on our bed whenever, which I love. But he def- that the dog definitely has is, is become a real mummy's boy, and he loves Joe and adores Joe, and Joe's the alpha, one hundred percent. But the dog has ruined—not want to say ruined—has impacted, let's say, our sex life. <laughs> Just a little warning for you: if you get a puppy, have better boundaries than we've had, because it will affect your relationship. Okay, we're going to move swiftly on there to question three. What do I want to let go of romantically before the new year? What do I want to let go of? So, some as you can probably hear for me, some of these things will overlap, and that's okay. That kind of makes sense. So, for me, what do I want to let go of? I want to let go of that sort of rash insensitive communication i don't want to do that anymore i'm not interested in that i want to be completely free of passive aggression i think we're probably about i'd say actually more than 80 percent. joe might disagree (laughs) but i want to be completely done with that shit Mm. and that goes for like other relationships as well and i'd actually say i struggle more with that with with certain friendships um passive aggression because i'm more i find communicating with some women not all women but some women a lot more challenging actually and I hear a lot of when I talk about this I hear a lot of people experience the same I think I'm going to do a whole episode on that I know it's not strictly romance but I think it's still relationships isn't it but that's for another year or another time what else do I want to let go of uh this is a bit of a weird one Uh, not weird one but sort of tangenty one comparison I don't do this often, comparison of me and Joe as a couple with other couples. I don't compare necessarily Joe and I as a couple, but I might compare where we're at in our life. Um, okay, like, just like, for, for example, you know, my a lot of my friends have been with their partners and a lot of them married for years. And so they've renovated their homes and that. So in certain ways, they're further along in that journey. Um, and so I can, you know, I, I actually, to be honest, we, you may or may not have seen on Instagram, like we've got the, like, we're going to renovate after our wedding because we could, we just got planning this year, which is great, but there is no way I'm going to try and do a wedding and renovate the same same time because that is a recipe for disaster. And I really want to enjoy renovating, but I want that to be the big project. You know, I want to have one big project a year. Um, otherwise it's just, you know, a recipe for overwhelm. This is what I've learned in Workaholics Anonymous, not to do that to myself. But anyway, I digress. So we've got these rank carpets, which actually I've grown to kind of love a bit. But and I'm happy to stay as the house is for, you know, we've put our own twist in it. We've made the best of, of it, but it's it's a bit of a shithole, like in certain ways, you know. Um it definitely needs a good old renovation job. And so I can go into friends, beautifully pristine homes, and I can have those moments of being like, oh, I wish me and Joe had this. And I have to remember, number one, like a lot of those friends haven't done what Joe and I have done of traveling the world together. You know, we've done all sorts of great things. And it just comes back to, what. listen, we can always compare ourselves. We can always find something to compare ourselves to other people, whether around romance or anything else. There is always going to be someone further ahead than you, but guaranteed there will always be people looking at you that are comparing themselves to you. This goes to um, what I once interviewed, that brilliant psychologist who was the um, big brother psychologist. I love saying her name, Dr. Linda Papadopoulos. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos. Do you know what? I really should get her on the show, actually. She's brilliant. Anyway, she talks about in her book, Whose Life Is It Anyway, this idea of um, upper social comparison that we always compare ourselves to people we perceive as being further ahead than us. Um, and actually, there's a shit ton of people who are looking at you doing the same, but we're never aware of those people because we're so focused on where like, we are not at. It's that thing of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Someone is thinking that and comparing themselves to you. So really... I just want to let go of comparing myself and comparing my relationship or my home. Clearly, it's mainly about the home to anyone else because it's a fucking waste of time. Like we are who we are. The only thing, and again, cliche, the only thing we should compare ourselves is like where we are now to where we were a year ago. That's the whole fucking point of these annual reviews because you realize how far you've come. This time, let's, in fact, I'll do it now. This time last year, where was I? I was living with my parents because we just moved out of our flat in Kensal Rise that we were renting uh, in London. And so I was living with my parents in the interim. And so it was really lovely. um, But we, you know, didn't have my own space. And now, not only are we still renting a different place in Kensal Rise with uh, Joe's Brothers, which is actually really lovely, but we also own our home in the countryside. This, like, and I just want to say, because this may be, listen, I'm saying this, and I'm like, this may be really triggering for for a few of you listening, because I've listened to podcasts where people share like, I'm a seven figure business or whatever it is. And I've been like, oh, you know, and it it can feel worlds away and we can then beat ourselves up. But I want you to understand that, you know, I was, I was not always here. Like I was a broke actress for such a long time. I couldn't conceive of, you know, owning my own property, much less with the love of my life. And so I hope that what you can take from this is not, it's not comparing yourself if if you I mean, listen, you may fucking own a mansion somewhere and I'd be comparing myself to you if I saw your mansion and your lovely, you know, furnitures and finishings or whatever the fuck they're called. But wherever you are at, it's just realizing like. It's incremental growth in the right direction. That's all it is. So look how far I've come. And the reason I do the work I do now is so that I can help people get, make that transformation from where they are to where they want to be much faster than I did. And, and I absolutely do do that in my programs, um, particularly with my flagship program, Get Your Soulmate. Um, that's the whole point of, of that program and the results speak for themselves. So it is all about incremental changes and shifts in the right direction okay so once you finish that question once again it is what do I want to let go of romantically before the new year let's go to the fourth question and this is this is this is like a little thing that I like to do what was the overall theme of this year for me with regards to my love life it might be my life in general So what I would say, the theme of this year absolutely has been putting down roots. So, you know, putting down roots in the countryside. It's been really hard being away, especially in the the first four months of this fucking year, we're in lockdown and it was miserable. Joe and I are always away usually for January, February. And we weren't, we were in, you know, countryside um, in Surrey Hills, didn't know anyone couldn't see anyone because it was fucking locked down. It was dark. It was gloomy. Joe was away at work a lot. I was here a lot on my own, and I was really fucking lonely. Um, and so I had to sit with myself. And I really have been through a lot of stuff this year um, that I won't go into in this episode, but a lot of personal stuff, family stuff, all sorts. And it's made me have to confront some really big demons and fears uh, around commitment um, and around the fear that I'm going to be rejected somehow, not not by Joe but in in other relationships in my life. And so yeah, the overall theme has is, is definitely been around commitment for me and and actually more than anything committing to myself because we cannot commit. To anyone else until we can first commit to ourselves. We can only commit to the extent that we're committed to ourselves. And, you know, I completely forgot as well that I wrote <laughs> I bought out a book, um, Love is Coming this year. That was a very big thing, and that was a fucking commitment. It took me five years to write. And the the structure of that book is the first part is heal, the middle part is attract, and the last part is commit. And everyone always wants to just like attract commit. They just want to get to that pit, and uh, that bit actually heal is so important because if you don't do the healing work necessary, you just keep attracting the same old patterns again and again. But actually, it's the stories and commit and the the lessons that I've learned in the commit phase, which have a lot of them have been this year. And it's only like when my clients get there, I always say to them, when they start working with me, trust me, you think right now being single is the hardest. I'm telling you, when you attract in that soulmate, that life partner, it's the hardest. But it's like, because it's totally new and it will bring up all your shit in a way you have never experienced like it did for me and it has all my clients. So that's it. Like people think they want commitment, but actually commitment is terrifying because it's so vulnerable. And especially if like me, you really value freedom. But actually what I've learned this year is how much freedom there is in commitment. because. I used to think that just running around like a banshee, I was so free and I was, you know, this independent woman and blah, blah, blah. But actually I was just running away from myself. And so I was trapped in these, just repeating the same patterns again and again. And the more I've committed to myself, the more I've been able to commit to my relationship, to my business, to everything. That's what the dog's also been a massive, obviously a massive commitment to me this year. Um, And the more I've done that, the freer I felt on the inside, which is interesting because I was always free on the outside, but I was not free on the inside. And I'm starting to slowly, like the towards the end of this year, feeling more and more free on the inside and completely unrelated. I've just remembered a huge thing that I, that I want my the future version of me when I'm 50 to listen to this episode. Do you know what a massive thing was for me this year? This has nothing to do with relationships. I started driving again and bought a car. I hadn't driven for over a decade. Um, and I was you know, known in my family as being a shit driver. And actually I'm really proud of myself. I've been driving all over the fucking shop this year and I've got my little turquoise car. So cute, little Fiat 500, um, sat out on the old, uh, driveway. That's been huge. Um, and hopefully one day in the future, I'll be listening going, Oh, remember when I had a little Fiat 500 and now here I am with my convertible Tesla, Whatever the fuck I literally know shit all about cars, but, um, Yeah, hopefully I'll have like a really snazzy one in the future. But anyway, that's been a really big thing for me. So again, what was the overall theme of this year for you with regards to your love life? That's always such an interesting one when you look over it. What is the biggest lesson that you have learned this year? It's really important that you acknowledge this so that you can actually take it into next year and move on and go to the next level. Okay, finally, How to set yourself up for romantic success in the new year. This is all about upgrading your identity. Upgrading your identity. Hold on, I really need a sip of (coughs) water. Hold on, (laughs) sorry. Frog in my throat. There's that great quote by good old, well, I think it was attributed to Albert Einstein, but I don't think it was him. Anyway, Google it Um, because I can't remember. Anyway, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Actually, no, that wasn't the one. His one is, if you do, uh, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's it. But I don't actually know if that was him. Anyway, by the by, you get the idea, the point of the quote. The reason I have been able, and I've kind of mentioned this already, been able to like have the lifestyle that I have today and the relationship is because I have done these annual reviews and made short, not short, sort of uh, little small shifts incrementally in the direction I want to be going. And it's just built up over and over, like over time. And you may have heard this idea of quantum leaps. And I've, you know, it's quite a woo-woo concept, but actually it's really simple. So it's essentially like a huge shift happening quick. But actually the thing is with a quantum shift, there might be a massive, like, you know, that idea of, oh, she's an overnight success. There might be that thing that suddenly just clicks you into, you know, catapults you into being famous, for example. But actually it wasn't like you just woke up one day having done fuck all and then you were famous. No, you've been doing stuff for years and years and years in the lead up to that. But it's like then you just got that one gig and that was that, um, or that one piece of press or whatever it was. And same goes for our love life. You know, that was absolutely when I met Joe. It was, it, all, it was fast and it was, it wasn't intense actually. It was, but it was very intimate. And it was a real quantum shift. If you know the story and I share it in my book, Love is Coming, so I won't go into it now. But of how we met, it was like the most insanely synchronistic, magical experience and also brought up a lot of stuff for me. But it it was a massive quantum leap. But I had been doing, you know, consistent work on myself and my love life for four and a half years by this point, from the point when I was, you know, in Thailand or just before Thailand, Christmas 2010 fucking nightmare um, all over the place. So this is really about understanding that it starts with the thoughts we are thinking. So my thoughts back in the day when I was a chaotic mess were, I'm not good enough. Um, I need a man to validate myself. I need constant male attention to make me feel good enough, to make me feel lovable. I need to have one night stands to get that instant hit of validation. and. My identity was essentially wrapped around the idea of I'm the loud, funny, ridiculous one with hilarious stories. And so that was the belief my thoughts impacted my beliefs. They, those, those thoughts led to beliefs. And those beliefs became my reality. They became my identity. The thoughts led to the emotions I was feeling about myself. The things I was telling myself over and over again, which became the the very limiting beliefs, made me feel a certain way about myself. And feeling that certain way, which was to say shit about myself, led to me acting out, sabotaging, behaving really irrationally, um, really uh, quite frankly, treating myself like shit and putting myself in really dangerous situations. And the more I did that, I created results. And the results were that my identity was... I became a, a person, a girl, a woman, who was known amongst other people for just being ridiculous. And I got taken advantage of a lot. I took advantage of men where where, and when I could. Um, and it just became this really toxic cycle. And that's what it is with thoughts leading to beliefs, emotions, behavior, and actions, creating results. And those results then create our identity. And that cements our thoughts, our beliefs. It just goes round and round and round. And so you have to break that loop. You have to break that loop. So... In order to start upgrading your identity, honestly, you'll do if you're listening to this episode and you are doing, and you did those four questions, you're already breaking that cycle because it's about disrupting and interrupting the pattern, the negative pattern that we're in. And it's not enough to do this on just once a year. It's really not enough to do this once a year. That's why I'm such a big believer in... Um, working on ourselves. And I always do. I will always continue to invest. I've like just invested in a whole year, a lot of money in a whole year, like mastermind experience for next year, partly based on business, but, but actually equally based on the woman that I want to become, the woman I want to go into my marriage. You know, it's not just about the wedding, although very important, the wedding for me, but it's, you know, what I want to, what wife, what type of wife do I want to be? Like, who do I want to be as a partner? not just to Joe, but to myself. What identity do I want to have? I'm really proud of the identity that I've cultivated up to this point. I've still got a long way to go. And and, and I'll be working on this until the day I croak. Like seriously, it's never done. And it's not about beating ourselves up and, and changing because we don't feel good enough. It's actually about celebrating ourselves. And some aspects of our identity take fucking ages to change. And some can change quite quickly. So what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to actually in the show notes include all of the different ways that I can support you, whether for free, um, whether it's my book, Love is Coming, which is under a tenner. I've got a four-day mini course, Romantic Reset, um, which is the perfect thing to do at this time of year to completely reset your love life from the inside out. I'll put my Instagram, i regularly going live in there. I'll put a link to my free Facebook group. Like I'm giving you a lot of different options wherever you are at in your journey, whatever financial investment you can or can't make, there is support available to you to help you upgrade your identity so that you can become a vibrational match for the type of relationship and life you desire to live. Um, and if this episode has spoken to you, if it has resonated for you, if it's been helpful, I promise that any one of those things, and please feel free to, you know, click on all of them, um, any one of those things is going to make a huge difference to you and be a tremendous, um, beacon of support in the new year. So I just want to say how grateful I am. I've really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I'm going to really enjoy listening to it in years to come and seeing how far I've personally come uh, in that time. But I really hope that you revisit it yourself, um, and you can every year look back this week between Christmas and year, look back a new year. Sorry, look back at the journey that you've been over the last twelve months and what you're proud of yourself for, what you're ready to release, what you're ready to let go of, what you're ready to step into, what the identity, this is what is essentially lubing you up for the new year to step into that new identity. So my darlings, I really hope that this has been helpful. Um, If it has, or even if it hasn't, come and let me know why it hasn't. If it has, come and let me know over on Instagram at Paj Lawson which of the tips I've shared or the ideas or points I've shared has been most helpful um, and resonant for you. As I said, please do check out the show notes for this episode. Um, if you want a great free audio training, the fastest way to meet your soulmate, if you want to check out my book or any of my programs, please do check out the show notes. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful new year. Mwah. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. I really do hope these episodes help you find dates that become mates and flings that become things with men who are ready, willing, and able to actually commit. Please be sure to like, share, subscribe, and leave me a review if you're getting value from these episodes. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other people who want or need the support. To have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. See you next week, gorgeous. I release a new episode every Tuesday. But until then, remember, love is coming for you. So surrender to the festival that is life on planet Earth and trust that what misses you was not meant for you and what's meant for you will not miss you, including your soulmate.